Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Psalm 63. I just want to make mention that that conference, the fall conference, is free of charge. We have not announced it to the rest of the city or anybody outside the church as of yet. But as soon as women's conference hits, news will spread like wildfire. It probably already is. You're right. So you want to take note of that. Head to the website and secure your spot. Psalm 63, beginning of verse 1. O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, that is abundance, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. I want to ask tonight, in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water, where do we look? Where do we look for water to quench our thirst? Where do we go? Where does the longing take us? Where does the longing drive us? In a world dry and thirsty. The Amplified Bible reads, O God, you are my God, earnestly will I seek you. My inner self thirsts for you. My flesh longs and is faint for you in a dry and weary land where no water is. Where do we go? Where do we seek? Where do we look? This world is dry. A thirsty world. Really a world without water. Without the kind of water we truly need. The kind of satisfaction that the Lord knows truly satisfies. The voice reads, O true God, you are my God, the one whom I trust. I seek you with every fiber of my being. In this dry and weary land with no water in sight, my soul is dry and longs for you. My body aches for you, for your presence. I've seen you in your sanctuary and have been awed by your power and glory. Your steadfast love is better than life itself, so my lips will give you all my praise. I will bless you with every breath of my life. I will lift up my hands in praise to your name. My soul overflows with satisfaction as when I feast on foods rich in marrow and fat. With excitement in my heart and joy on my lips, 
I offer you praise. Is that the confession of your life tonight? Confession of your heart? Where do we go? We go to his presence. Where do we run? In a world dry, where do we run? We run to his presence. In a thirsty world, where do we look? We look to his presence. The only thing that truly satisfies humankind is the presence of the Lord. Maybe you have not tapped into that yet, and you're still finding yourself satisfied with the mirages of the world. But this is the kind of relationship, the kind of walk with the Lord, the kind of life we are to not only experience, but to live. So I've looked for you. His power and His glory that is found in His presence, found in His sanctuary as the text reads and declares. And so we look there and we find there and we drink there. And I don't know about you tonight, but it doesn't take many steps in this old, dry, and thirsty world to work up a thirst for the presence of the Lord. I can't count your steps. I don't know how many steps it takes for you to work up a thirst for the presence of God. For some, it seems to take a lot more than for others. How many steps in this old, dry, and thirsty land, this dry and thirsty world, until you find yourself thirsty again for the presence of God? The Lord knows that this is a dry and thirsty world. And that's why the Lord cautions and commands that we do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That's why he declares that we must be about the business that is his house, that we must be concerned with the sanctuary of the Lord. We must give our lives to the sanctuary of the Lord. We must go there and run there and look there and find there and drink there. He knows it's a dry and thirsty land. Remember, he walked on this side of eternity. He has firsthand experience. He knows the only drink that truly satisfies, and he knows where it is found, and it's found in the presence of the Lord. Those that forsake, wither. They don't thrive spiritually. They are parched, yet they think they are quenched. Do trees lie to themselves? Do trees believe an unbiblical tale? This world can't provide us what we need. What we truly need. Why? Because it's dry and thirsty. It tries to provide and it lies to us that we are filled. And I want to ask tonight, do we believe in tall tales? Do we drink mirages and deceive ourselves? How can that which is itself dry and thirsty 
provide us with water. So the psalmist here is showing us where to go and to where we must run and to where we must look. Where are we going to look? The New King James Version, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. And here it is, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary. Will we commit to looking, finding, and drinking in the sanctuary of the Lord? Will this be the pattern of our days? Not just for a season, but for all our days. I want to encourage us tonight as a generation to give our lives to the presence of the Lord, to give our lives to the house of the Lord, to give our lives to his sanctuary, to become those that are committed, not just because we need numbers in the church or we ought to go to church, but we know that we desperately need to get into his presence and receive what only his presence can give. Now we know that there is the sanctuary beyond the sanctuary. We can get into the presence of the Lord beyond the walls of this place. We understand that. But first, can we just stop and perhaps all over again commit to the house of the Lord? No matter what season we're in, no matter what age we are tonight, knowing that we desperately need we desperately need the water that is only found in his presence. When we have free access to water, we can end up taking it for granted. When we have unlimited access to water, we can end up taking it for granted. Now, how many of you here, here tonight have been to a country where there is not free access to water, where there is not unlimited access to water. I wonder if perhaps that's our North American problem. Imagine waking up to take a shower tomorrow morning, turning on the tap and no water. Imagine waking in the watches of the night thirsty, and heading to the tap, turning on the tap, only to find that there is no water. Imagine not having free and unlimited access to water. It truly would change us. Some of us don't even drink the water out of our taps. We go buy store-bought water when we have free and unlimited access. Has the free and unlimited access provided by technology had its way with us? Has it hurt us? Has it crippled us? Is it having its way with the generation? Is it causing harm? 
to the sanctuary. Many have lost their search because Google does it for them. Because iTunes does it for them. Some look to the sanctuary from a distance through a lens of a screen. A diabolical state. Some are content to watch others drink via television. They're content to sit and sip coffee and watch believers press in and drink in the presence of God on whatever channel it's found. They themselves know connection to the house of the Lord. Can you imagine if you had to come to church to hear the word of the Lord? You had to get up on Sunday. You had to be here because there were no podcasts that you could listen to all week long. I wonder if the free and unlimited access, all that there is, has killed the search. Spending time in the Word and going over the Word. Coming into the house of the Lord and taking, why do we have to take notes? I'll just find another podcast that says pretty much the same thing. Is it having its way with the generation, this free and unlimited access? Perhaps it is. Perhaps it is. Passion translation. Oh God of my life, these are quite the words. I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more. With cravings in my heart that can't be described, such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory. Are you energized every time you enter? For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. How I love and praise you, God. Daily I will worship you passionately and with all my heart. My arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you, for the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. You are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. Is that your heart? Can you imagine if that was the cry of the heart of this generation? Now, I know that the Lord is with us always, but do you not feel homesick and lovesick for his presence, for the gathering of the saints, his house, his sanctuary? Or in all honesty, could you do without it? Do you thirst with the deepest longing to love him more? Are there cravings in your heart that can't be described? Are there such yearnings that grip your soul? Are you not energized every time you enter his sanctuary to seek more of his power and drink in more of his glory? How can you not be? 
Do his tender mercies not mean more to you than life itself? I ask, do you love him? Do you love to praise him? Do you daily worship him, the sanctuary beyond the sanctuary? Do you daily worship him passionately and with all your heart? Do your arms wave like banners? Do you overflow with praise when you come before him? Does the anointing of his presence satisfy you like nothing else? This is no mirage. And just as the text says, he is such a rich banquet of pleasure to the soul. The sanctuary, the house of the Lord. And there is also the sanctuary beyond the sanctuary, neither meant to replace the other but to flow in perfect harmony. Listen to verses 6 to 8 in the Passion Translation. I lie awake each night thinking of you and reflecting on how you help me like a father. I sing through the night under your splendor shadow, offering up to you my songs of delight and joy. With passion, I pursue and cling to you because I feel your grip on my life. I keep my soul close to your heart. Do you lie awake at night thinking of his goodness, his faithfulness, folding into his presence? Throughout the day, are there times when you practice his presence? Daily worshiping him passionately with all your heart, knowing that you need to drink every day, not just once a week. Imagine if I told you today, life's going to change. In the natural, you can only drink water, liquid, one day. That's Sunday. Would you show up morning and night? How thirsty would you get? How thirsty would we get? We would be anticipating the house of the Lord all week long, wouldn't we? If we knew we could only drink once a week. So has this free and unlimited access to his presence in the New Testament had its way with us? Or are we cherishing it? Every day drinking of the well that never runs dry. New King James Version, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches because your loving kindness is better than life. In the other part, it reads, and it follows into this, because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. I'd encourage you to memorize even this psalm. It's so powerful. Just a declaration of your heart towards the Lord. His house, yes, and the sanctuary beyond the sanctuary. I want to ask tonight, do you practice his presence outside of the church? Really getting into his felt presence. Not just like Jesus is in the room, I know he is. In that place where you can really drink. I trust this encourages us tonight. The message, God, you're my God. 
I can't get enough of you. I've worked up such a hunger and thirst for God, traveling across dry and weary deserts. So here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, drinking in your strength and glory. In your generous love, I am really living at last. My lips brim praises like fountains. I bless you every time I take a breath. My arms wave like banners of praise to you. Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. As the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And the message, I want to drink God. Deep draughts of God. I'm thirsty for God alive. I wonder, will I ever make it? Arrive and drink in God's presence? And I would answer you tonight, yes. We will arrive and make it. If we try. And if we commit, and if we become a people that not only know where to look, but determine we will look there, and that we will find there, and that we will drink there. Because I'd like to say tonight, and it's the truth, we know that we can head to the place, we can arrive, we can look, but not drink. We can come to church, we can be in His presence, and not drink. I could bring you before a well of water. You know the provision is there, and yet you don't drink. Being told that this is what we need, knowing this is what we so desperately need, yet not drinking. We can get into his presence and not drink because thirst for other things grips us. Unholy cravings consume us. Wayward yearnings have the mind. Worldly mirages have our eyes. Other things meaning more to us than life itself. We don't really love Him. We don't really love to praise Him. We don't daily worship Him. The connection is weak. If our arms remain by our side, if we're dammed up, the overflow is dammed up with the debris of the world. We enter into the house of worship, arriving where water is found, yet for whatever reason we're not drinking. The same supply is available for all of us. Every single person that enters the house of the Lord on a Sunday, whenever it is, or enters the presence of the Lord, the sanctuary beyond the sanctuary, should leave completely energized. The problem is with the drinker. problem is not the supply. There is more than enough. Lord, how's my drinking in your house? There's no problem with the supply. The world is actually jealous of the sanctuary supply. The enemy of our souls is jealous. A world that is dry and thirsty simply cannot provide the water we so desperately need. Yet it longs to draw us away from the house of the Lord, draw us away from the sanctuary, to fill our time with the mirages of the world, that we drink of what the world would seek to provide 
and somehow find satisfaction outside of the presence of the Lord. Psalm 63, 1, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. I want to say this tonight. It's one thing when your spirit thirsts and longs for him. It's a whole other world when your soul and flesh, body, thirst and long for him. This is when we know we have been truly made right. Our spirit is thirsting and longing for God. Our soul is thirsting and longing for his presence. And our flesh is thirsting and longing for his presence. I want to say tonight, I don't know what you have in your mind, what you think, but the flesh can indeed be dealt with on this side of eternity. It can be dealt with. It can be turned right. It can be turned to the right thing. The flesh can know where to go. The flesh can know where to look. The flesh can know where to drink. It can be healed. God heals us completely. He's working with us. He's working in us. Does your spirit thirst and long for the Lord? Does your soul thirst and long for the Lord? Does your flesh thirst and long for the Lord? If so, how can you go wrong? If we get our flesh longing for the Lord, it won't long for other things. If you get your flesh longing for the ways of the Lord, it won't long for other things. Wayward things and dead things and diseased things. If you get your flesh longing for the Lord and for His presence, and the provision that only He can provide, you will recognize the mirages for what they truly are. Pretty soon, we won't be watching what we shouldn't be watching. Why? Because our flesh longs for the Lord. I didn't think that possible. It's possible. I just can't help myself. I mean, I just, I just got to watch it. Yes, you can help yourself. Get your flesh longing for the Lord, for the presence of the Lord. Pretty soon, we won't be saying what we shouldn't be saying. Soon we won't be going where we shouldn't be going. We won't be listening to what we shouldn't be listening to. We won't be dating who we shouldn't be dating. We won't be wearing what we shouldn't be wearing. Your spirit and your soul are longing for the Lord. What will start to happen, it will produce a pure flesh thirst and longing for the Lord. It will fall in line. It's the great reversal in the Bible. The world tells us body, soul, spirit, doesn't it? It was reversed for us in the New Testament. You know the new order? Spirit, soul, body. Perhaps that's the problem. Some of us are still body first, flesh first. But if we put it in order, everything will flow right. The Lord will help us. Where to look and where to find and where to drink, we know where. And so let's go and let's run and let's look and let's find and let's drink. Because there is a well that never runs dry. And his sanctuary has more than enough provision for all of us. 
find your life in his presence. Can I encourage you tonight to find your life in his presence? This isn't about how many church services you need to go to. We're not going to get into that debate. Well, is it biblical to go to one, more than one a week? Listen, if you want to live like that and you want to drink like that, go to one a week. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm a little more thirsty than you, perhaps. Cravings for his presence, cravings for his house. Desperate for the move of God. I don't even want to miss a service. You know why? Because God's always breaking in in a new way. He's always moving in in a new way. I don't want to miss the day revival hits this place. I know we can't always be here. There are reasons. But make his presence your home. And outside of this place, don't wait until the next Sunday to fold into his presence. Practice his presence. Maybe you need a new playlist. Pick some worship songs. Just put that on and just begin to meditate on him and begin to call out on him and sing at home, sing in your car, turn off talk radio. You don't need that junk. Start to just focus on his presence. Start to practice his presence. Speak in tongues or do you only speak in tongues on Sunday? Come on. Fold into his presence and drink and drink and drink and you can just live life on a high all week long. Doesn't mean we won't face things, but we handle them differently. We handle them differently than those whose flesh is longing for other things. If you're feeling dry, Lord, is there church tonight? There's almost church every night here. If not, slip into and enter into, fold into the sanctuary beyond the sanctuary. I want to read this one quote. Worship team can come. A few more scriptures. We close. Oh, that I might go into the door of his house and never find my way out. If I leave the table, it is not because the feast is over or the master has dismissed the guests. Oh, never. You are not straightened in him, but in yourselves. The deep bottomless sea of his precious love is all before you. If you thirst, it is because you will not drink. If you live in the cold Arctic regions, distant from Christ, it is not because the sunlight of his love could not warm and cheer you. If you would come into the equatorial regions of a simpler faith and a more abundant trustfulness, you might yet have all the luxuriance of a tropical heat sent into your souls. Come up higher, brothers and sisters. From the lowest chambers, come to the highest ones. From the master's feet, come to his bosom. And from his bosom, come to his lips. From the outside court or tabernacle, come to the court of the priests. And from the court of the priests, come to the holiest of all. Advance, come boldly. The Lord help you by his spirit to come and dwell in the sanctuary. These scriptures are not up there tonight 
You can mark them down if you'd like. Psalm 27, verse 4, One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty that is the delightfulness of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Psalm 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. The Passion Translation says, I was overjoyed. Are you overjoyed to get into the house of the Lord? Overjoyed? Don't want to miss a minute? Don't want to be late? Psalm 84, verses 1 and 2. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. And listen to this, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Psalm 84, verses 10 to 12. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. The message says, than all other days on Greek island beaches. I'd rather be in your house one day. Wow. Doesn't it feel like a vacation when you get into the presence of the Lord? If not, we need to lay hands on you. I would rather be a doorkeeper, that is, stand at the threshold in the house of my God, than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Simply tonight, I pray that this changes things for us for all of us. That like never before, we will have a deep love and deep appreciation for the presence of the Lord. Knowing where to go in a dry and thirsty world. Knowing where to go to find to find our drink. Amen. Let's stand tonight. Just sing this out in closing.